Welcome to the Fireman Trainers Podcast, part of the ConcealedCarry.com network. I'm your host, Rob Beckman, and today we'll be talking about class management. We bring you this podcast to support the industry, the Second Amendment, and most importantly, every firearm instructor in America that dedicates time and energy into making gun ownership more knowledgeable. This episode is brought to you also by our friends at FTA, the Firearm Trainers Association. Head on over to their website, ftaprotect.com, to learn more about their instructor coverage they offer and their competitive pricing. Receive a special 10% off on your policy by entering promo code FTP10. This episode is brought to you by Mantis X. The Mantis X is a must-have for any serious firearm instructor. The Mantis X is a high-tech, lightweight, precision sensor that attaches to a gun, analyzes a shooter's movement patterns, and displays all the information in real time on a smartphone or tablet. The Mantis X gives instructors objective, data-driven feedback on things that you and I can't see so that you can coach your students more effectively. Get 10% off with promo code FTP10 at MantisX.com. Today, we'll be talking with Ken Ortega and Maggie Mordaunt. Welcome, Ken and Maggie. How are things going today? Doing great. Thanks for having us. Hey, Bob. Hi, Rob. How are you? Uh, we're, do- we're doing great here in the, in the Midwest. You know, things are drying out a little bit. We're getting ready. F- you can almost feel fall, fall is in the air, which is a good time for me because I like to get out and go hunting in the woods when it, when it gets cooler, but not when it's 90 degrees out there. It's no fun in the woods. We hear you. Um, we've been training this summer, and it's been really hot here in Vegas. I mean, training in Vegas is a whole different deal. Uh, you know, we do, we still have students who want to put some work in oh, yeah. during those hot months, but we definitely see a lot less numbers. Now, uh, the weather seems like it's getting just perfect, you know, so uh, getting back to that outdoor training. And then, of course, Maggie and I really love the outdoors. So, you know, try to pick up some hunting and fishing along the way here this fall. Yeah, in between our, all the other classes, yes. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I just want to say really quickly, our hearts go out to all those who are affected by all of the, the massive gusts of wind and rain and flooding and everything out there. There's people who are, you know, displaced from their homes and, you know, our hearts go out to them and our prayers go out to them. You know, we just really pray that they're all staying safe out there. Definitely. Definitely. Well, you're, we're going to talk about class management today, both in the classroom and on the range. This was a listener suggested uh, topic, reached out to Maggie and Ken and they volunteered beyond. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about your background and, you know, yeah, definitely. Uh, my name is Maggie Mordaunt. Um, I am a NRA training counselor. I'm a USCCA training counselor. I'm on the advisory panel for CCW safe. I'm a uh, pro staff member for Bass Pro Shops as a hunter and uh, a Nevada Department of Wildlife Hunter Safety Instructor, co-owner of Homeland Personal Protection and uh, Women's Defense Network. Certified DFC. <laughs> and a, cert- and a certified <laughs> DFC. Through, I'm like, I'm smothered and covered. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, ICE Training Defensive Firearms Coach. Uh, that is an uh, awesome program, the Science of Self-Defense, which is just uh, an awesome uh, program that, you know, we've just really been using in our, our courses that we teach in a lot of the different training courses. That mm-hmm. we teach. Yes. And how about you, Ken? What's your background? You know, pretty much the same. Uh, you know, Maggie and I have been training for about 10 years, roughly. Uh, the company started around 11 years ago. And um, yeah, pretty much that same background. Uh, started out through NRA training courses, taught a lot of CCW classes, moved on to the defense side of the world. Uh, so, um, you know, as Maggie and I trained in different schools around the country, uh, we really migrated to the ICE training, uh, you know, program, the CFS. It was CFS. 
Uh, it's the Intuitive Defensive Shooting Program. So that's mm-hmm. the program. Yes, that's that's the new program that the USCCA has adopted, actually, with their defensive shooting fundamentals. And it is definitely a step up from your basic CCW course and those types of things. For sure, yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah. But hey, let, let's talk. Let's talk about class management. And yes. here's here's from our uh, question from our listener Chad G. And he wanted to know, how do you deal with a student in your class that is slowing down everybody else? You know, whether it's, you know, they're, in a, they're on the range and they just can't seem to keep the speed up with everybody else. Or if they're in the classroom, they can't keep the speed up. How would, how would you handle somebody like that in your classes? Um, so if they can't keep up with the class, uh, we generally will have more than one instructor in the classroom. If we, we feel that um, this course is not for them, I mean, I can even tell them, you know, this, is, this class is probably not for you. And if anything, it's going to be more of a danger for you to continue on with this class. And they may want to take a different class and then give them a credit for this class and then sign them up for another class. Uh, mm-hmm. Because uh, we, we, we don't want to put anybody in danger because safety, when it comes to that, it's our responsibility to keep everybody else safe. And someone's inability uh, to keep up can actually cause a, a danger that can present a huge danger for the class. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, that's, that's definitely one method. Um, another method, as Maggie said, if, with most of our training classes on the range, um, we're fortunate. We have multiple instructors. You know, so if we have to take a student off to the side and have one of our instructors work with that other student and get them up to speed, that's, uh, that's one way that we've done it in the past. Um, if, if you're not, one does come to mind though. (laughs) So we actually, we, we host other instructors out here sometimes and, um, that gives us the opportunities to take more training as well. And so, uh, I had a guy who wanted to come and take a class and this guy was a, a lot more green than he presented himself to be. And so we literally had to take him off onto another range. Yeah, we had uh, Rob Pincus here. We were doing a um, IDS course during the PDN tour. Yeah. And this guy, first of all, he shows up a little bit late for the training. Yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't good. <laughs> no. Uh, but then, you know, he had to really go get him set up and up to speed so that he can join in the rest of the class. So I uh, definitely had to, you know, get him up to speed away from the, the other students. And then once he was you know, pretty squared away and up to speed, then we integrated them into the class. Yeah. I think the one thing that's real important with doing, doing that way is as long as you can do it safely, yeah. the students are coming to us as instructors Correct. to improve their skills. If we go along and say, no, you can't be in this class, how are they ever going to improve their skills? But at the same time, we cannot, you know, put people in danger, either that student ourselves or the other students. And that's where it's got to be a real as instructors, you've got to be on top of that to understand, okay, what are you going to be doing? Yep. Are they, do they have some limitation that would prevent them from it? Or is it one of those where, okay, if we take them over to the side for 15 minutes and show them how to properly draw, how we're expecting them to do things that we can, we can keep things safe. Correct. Yeah. Um, that's a huge consideration, really the safety portion. If they're doing things safely and we're not really concerned about the safety aspect and as far as integrating them into the rest of the class, then that's, that's a big factor for us. If they're pretty squared away on the safety part uh, and we feel that they could jump right in, then we just move them right back over into the other class, you know? Yeah. Um, if, they're, if they're not the fastest, we can work with it, but if yeah. they're not the safest, we can't work with that. You know, that's, right. that's where the line is. Instructors have really got to make sure we're, we're clear on that. 
Pretty much so. And, you know, I think the other thing, too, is uh, keeping in mind that we have to, I mean, we're there to teach a class, and it could be a seven-hour or eight-hour class, and, you know, we're, we're in control of the flow of that class. And, you know, mm-hmm. we have to make sure that the students who are there taking the course, um, that we're respectful to them and not really slowing it all down, and we keep the flow going, you know, really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly, which leads into the next suggested uh, classroom kind of problems. How do you deal with that student that interrupts you all the time? Hey, I got a really good idea. My brother went along and he worked and showed me this and I got this and I got that. And he constantly, she, you know, they go along and slow down that flow of the class. Cause I agree with you. You you have a flow when you're an instructor. Yeah. Yeah. So we were just talking about this this morning. (laughs) Yeah. So so Ben and I, when, when we set up the class, we do have uh, the administrative rules that we go over. Uh, when students come in, they do actually sign our release form uh, that specifically, you know, has areas in there that says that this class, if it's not an instructor course, does not make them an instructor after uh, taking the course. It also states in there that this is our intellectual property, you know, some, you know, safety things that they agree to, to abide by the safety rules. Um, and then also it states in there that, uh, you know, that they'll do a release on photo and video and things like that. But the biggest part is that when we have someone who comes in who's actually been in contact with firearms quite a bit in the sense that maybe they're retired law enforcement or active law enforcement or a retired military or active military, things like that, or that special person who shows up and says, I grew up around guns, but I haven't shot a gun in 20 years, but I'm going to share. I, with I know you everything. All. <laughs> I'm going to share with you all the information that I know back in 30 years ago. Um, so with that person, we like to let them know, look, we respect your opinion and, and what it is that you know. You know what you know and you don't know what you don't know. And in this course, because you signed up for my class, um, you know, giving that respectful reverence to the instructor whose class you're in um, and not trying to take over their course. You know, we tell our students that all the time. We're like, hey, you know, just so you know, this is my classroom. If you have something you want to share, you share it with me on a break. Um, but uh, everybody in this classroom signed my release form. So the liability has been released from, you know, me, not anybody else in this classroom. Uh, you know, if you have a class to teach, Hey, you know, uh, go teach that class. Uh, but in here, you're a student and you need to remain a good student. Uh, mm-hmm. come in with an empty glass so we can fill it. Even if you know a lot of information, sometimes I tell students dump out that glass before you come in here. Cause we're about to fill it up. Uh, and so they have to give that respect. And, you know, I'm not, you know, playing the woman card or anything, but I get some guys in there who think they know more than I do. And I'm like, you know what? It doesn't matter. Uh, I'm asking you to respect me. This is my class. And uh, if that doesn't work for you, you know, then maybe this wasn't a class for you. Exactly. And that's where it can be very difficult at times with different students because we're fire instructors. We know how that trigger works. We know how to tell people how to grip it, how to sight it properly, how to move and shoot. But when it comes to understanding what's behind somebody's mind, that's where it really becomes uh, tough to really understand what, what's happening uh, with it. Um, you and, your, and, and your comment there, Maggie, leads us right into the next uh, topic uh, type of things. How do you go along and, and handle it when somebody says something inappropriate? You know, they, they, they say either, you know, something disparaging to somebody else or, you know, as you mentioned, you know, they don't respect you as the woman instructor. 
uh, for it. How do, how do you address that? Because obviously going long and going off on them is not the proper way of doing things. No. So um, I call that the come to Jesus moment. <laughs> you know what we have to respect that we get all different types of students in the classes classrooms you know uh every other word might be an f-bomb for somebody in their surroundings but in the classroom we have to respect the fact that there are people in the classrooms who may not want to hear that information they're not here to learn four-letter words uh like that and so we have to you know let people know hey we're going to keep it clean in here. We may actually have, you know, younger students in there because I do teach hunter safety classes as well. Um, you know, I had little, a lot of kids in my class. I'm like, hey, guys, y'all need to not call firearms weapons because this is a hunting class. This is not a defense class, you know, so we have to cater the class to whoever is in the classroom. Now, if I'm out at Camp Pendleton Marine Corps Base teaching a class and, you know, you got a lot of uh, guys that are, that's every other word for them, then, you know, sometimes I'll let it slide. But we have to make sure that we're being respectful to everybody in the classroom and they need to give me respect because trust me, I'll command respect um, or they're going to get ejected from my classroom and um, I'll give them a refund, you know, because I don't want their money. You know, that's money I don't want. I, mm -hmm. I earn, I earn, you know, what I get. And so, uh, you know, with that respect, I, I want to make this clear. I don't ever, um, take a student and embarrass them or make an example of them in the classroom. I think it's important to, to kind of, I like the way Ken says it. He says, Maggie, I'll, I'll give him a kick in the pants and then a hug afterwards. Um, you know, there was this guy, he kept talking in the classroom <laughs> and I said, is there something that you need to say? Cause I'll, I don't want to be rude and, you know, uh, disrespect the fact that you're trying to say something. Is there something you needed to say? Because I'd already asked him, you know, to stop talking to the person next to him and made the joke, do I need to separate you two? Did y'all come here as a couple? You know, ha ha uh -huh. ha. And, and so, you know, this guy just, I don't know why he just was thinking out loud or something. And I said, well, could you just tell yourself to be quiet? You know, because uh, you're, you're talking in case you didn't know. <laughs> and yeah. dealing, with the, dealing with the public is very interesting because you find those people that, like you said, think to the, they speak out loud when they're thinking, uh, talking to themselves. Yeah. Yeah. People are, are, you know, very unique. Um, we have had to pull a person off to the side and, and let them know that, well, you know, something that they just said was, um, you know, hurtful or whatever, uh, to another student. Right. And, uh, and th that student actually felt very uncomfortable around, you know, or having that student in the class. So we had to say, we had to pull them off to the side privately and just kind of like give them a kind of like a quick warning, I guess, if you will. And just saying, hey, man, uh, you know, this is not that kind of class, you know, come here to learn. And that's what you're here for, you know, so. And the one thing I always remind people about is when you have people in class that they're there to learn. We said that before. Yeah. That's in, indifferent of whether they're male, female, you know, yes. what their you know gender identity is, what yeah. their, you know, what their ethnic background is, all those different kinds of things. Mm -hmm. We should not be making a judgment call of somebody who's trying to improve themselves to be able to defend themselves and their family just because of what something is, you know, political at that point or, you know, something along those lines. I mean, these are individuals, not political points. And that's where keep the keep the personal approach to it. And you'll realize that no matter who they are or what their religion is, something else like it. They have the same fear, the same uh, desires as everybody else, and that is to go home, see their family, and to go along and have a safe life. 
most definitely. Yeah, and you know what we find in our, our training courses is at the beginning of the class, people are just, uh, they have a little bit of anxiety or whatever because they don't know what to expect. But Everybody does. Yeah, but by the end of the class, man, everybody's all like, you know, friendly and they're friends with each other and, you know, they, they've gone through and put in some work together. You know, so it, it kind of like, um, I don't know, there's a little bit of more of a, a bond, I guess, between students and the instructors and Mm-hmm. Yeah, everything is running happy, man. It's just that's we realize we're more that we're more alike than we're different. No matter yeah. no matter what we look like, we yeah. at the end of the day we're more alike than we're than we're different. And that's the one thing I remind people about all the time. It doesn't matter where you came from. Guess what? You and me put our pants the same. We yeah. we look out. We you know eat the same. All those t- types of things. Correct. Yeah. Most definitely, you know, personal defense is a human right, mm-hmm. and doesn't matter where you come from. As a matter of fact, I, I, it's, it's funny, some of the emails that I'll get, I just got an email for a private class for a political group that I did not expect to get an email from. <laughs> it's kind of funny because, I mean, I can go out and say, I'm, I'm proud to say I'm a Republican, but uh, the group that, that reached out to me is a huge Democratic Party who wants to come out and take firearms training. What's up? So I was like, <laughs> this is great. <laughs> mm-hmm. Education. Education. Yeah. yeah, That's what it's about, educating them. Here's one that's that happened to me, and I'd be interested to see uh, what you what you think about this. I had a concealed carry class one time, and I actually had two students get up in the middle of class and start arguing. And what they were arguing about was stance, whether the isosceles or whether the weaver stance was better. Mm-hmm. And literally had to separate them because they got that that worked up that you're not listening to me and I'm not listening to you type of thing. Right. What wow. do you think about something like that? Well, you know, I mean, <clears throat> we've taught a lot of classes over the years, and literally thousands of students come through training programs every single month, Rob. And uh, I can say we've never really had two students pitted against each other that bad. Now, we've had <laughs> heated debates in our classes. We've oh, yeah. had heated, uh, you know, conversations back and forth between students, and, and we've had to really take control of that. And in fact, Maggie, myself, and our instructor, Charles, um, you know, we've had to, like, nip that in the bud, like, really quick you know, sometimes, but it's never really gotten that contentious no. to where two guys are going to get in the blows over it, you know, not anything like that. We've seen healthy, com- you know, healthy competition, <laughs> like who wants to shoot better than who and, or faster, mm-hmm. or my, my gun's nicer than yours oh, or, yeah. you know, things like that. Well, the one, one thing that was uh, interesting about it is once you separate them, I had to actually admit to them that, you know, the, I don't support either one of the, you know, <laughs> positions as being the only one that'll work. Because, you know, getting back to the Rob Pincus and the ICE way of doing things, you're not worried about where your feet are from a shooting. You're worried about where your sights are on target. Your feet are just going to move you to or from or across the target wherever you are. And it kind of surprised them. They thought I'd be, I would sit there and say, oh, no, isosceles has got to be the way to do it. Because look how how firmly planted you are and you can't miss with this or, you know, Jack Weaver, he invented his and there's yeah. no other position necessary. And it's like, no, right. think about how you shoot, you know, and yeah, I yeah. brought up some cases then like, Oh, okay. I'll sit <laughs> back down. <laughs> yeah. So when you tell them, Hey, stance is a matter of convenience and they have a, a puzzled look on their face or like, well, let me, you know, why don't you guys both sit down? Let me tell you why. Yeah. Exactly. Go into that. You know? well, what, what stance do you have when you're sitting on your butt? Yeah, okay, exactly. I mean. <laughs> right, right. What if you've been knocked down? <laughs> mm-hmm, exactly. And what happens if you're shooting under a car? I, I have not been able to see anybody doing a stance yeah. <laughs> and shoot underneath a car yet. 
right, right. So, you know, it's uh, it's very interesting to see. I, I applaud their enthusiasm to you know really support things, but there again, uh, remind them that hey, come here, listen to the class, listen yeah. to why certain things are certain ways, and yeah. and not not be on you know keep your mind closed that there's only one way of doing things, which uh, we know there's uh, multiple ways of doing things, and that's where getting back to empirical evidence is extremely important because it's you objective. Bet. You bet. Uh, what's your thoughts about students that come to class without knowing the expectations? They thought it'd be a neat class to take and they just show up. Uh, well, we've had a couple of those. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, that's really where it's our job to really make sure and try to communicate as much as possible to students uh, to what they are going to expect when they, you know, come and sign up for a class. That's why we have, you know, the automated emails that go out when somebody signs up and what to bring, what to expect and all of that. Now, even though we do as good of a job as we can to, you know, continue. In fact, I think our students have told us that we tend to over communicate. You know, we try to really push out those emails and reminders yeah, yeah. and all of that. But even with that, we do get those occasional students that, uh, that tell us, man, this is not what I expected. Well, you we know, look so. at athleticism. Um, I've actually had students who didn't realize how much athleticism it was going to take. Yeah. Um, I think that's been the biggest one. You know, they, they, they read about it. They, we talked about it, but they themselves didn't know what they were capable of. And they had, um, uh, in mind, they thought, Oh, I could do that. But then they showed up and they couldn't. And so we're always prepared for things like that. So bringing extra firearms to the classroom, bringing extra gear, because sometimes they show up with new gear and they're like, wow, this is brand new gear. And they just, they kind of overthought it and thought, oh, that's easy because it's gear and I could just do it. But they, they didn't apply, uh, you know, the, the skills and they didn't understand how difficult it may be, you know, physically for them. So I think it's more athleticism that we've actually dealt with. And it's less about uh, the details of the class because we're, we're pretty detail oriented, like mm -hmm. Ken said. You know, and I think getting those messages out to people ahead of time. Really yeah. kind of kind of help help that out, and then obviously when you're on the range and that athleticism comes into play, you've yeah. got to you know make an audible call as far as you know is it too much for them? Do you allow them to walk between uh, cover or instead of running? You know if, yeah. if they've got you know a problem running or you know can't get down the ground as far, all those kind of things got to be kind of an audible call depending upon what the person can do safely. For sure. Yeah. Uh, we know we have a really great carving class where students are getting into multiple positions. They're on the ground, they're shooting from underneath a truck, mm -hmm. you know, uh, different barricaded positions and so on. And yeah, uh, we've had to make those calls and say, well, this person just doesn't have the athleticism to get down on the ground. And we've had to make, uh, you know, accommodations. We've had to maybe have them do a different thing, you know, so right. uh, maybe uh, for them, instead of getting in an actual seated position on the ground with their butts on the ground, we have a a chair or a bench it can sit on in the range. Right. You know, so if we have to make quick modifications like that, then, then that's what we do, you know? Yeah, we do. We do uh, have several different um, types of students that show up. We have, I mean, all the way from your, your twenties to thirties in, you know, thirties to forties, you know, fifties to sixties, and even uh, from some seventies to eighties uh, year olds who show up and, and they're like, you know what? I've still got that presence of mind. My wife and I, we live by ourselves. Um, you know, we're seen as a, uh, an easy target. You know, I've got knee replacements and you're asking me to take a knee. 
you know, uh, things like that. And so we actually put together uh, things like that ahead of time so that we can actually make our students feel successful in achieving the things that we're asking them to do, but we have things in place uh, to make them feel good about themselves, uh, to be able to effectively and efficiently, you know, apply those things. Mm -hmm. Success is a a great teacher from the standpoint they'll want to come back and take more. And Mm -hmm. if you as an instructor has made them successful, I think I would say that probably, you know, makes them more likely to come back and take your next class. So that's, that's, that's a great, great suggestion for them. Ken, Ken calls those our repeat offenders. <laughs> <laughs> well, we all, we all like that. We, we like those repeat offenders coming back. Oh, yeah. I teach concealed carry classes. I knew you guys teach concealed carry, carry classes. How do you deal with that student that comes in there that's mandated by the government to come in and take a eight-hour concealed carry course that all they want is a piece of paper? And if you would sign it to them in the, at, after the first break, they would kind of completely leave you alone. But they keep you know, just kind of needling you to try to cut corners and do things like that. Just, just give me the certificate and I'll be gone. You know, I got, I got other things to do. It's sunny outside. Yeah, you know, that's uh... – Obviously, we're big supporters of, you know, constitutional carry. You know, we should be able to carry how, you know, we want to be able to carry. And in this state, you know, people have to go through an eight-hour class, get that mm-hmm. permit. You know, if mm-hmm. they're a resident of the state, they want to carry. That's just the law. So, hey, well, we want to put on the very best course that someone's going to, you know, come in and take. So, we, we put that out there uh, ahead of time as much as possible. You know, we have students on the phone. They're just signing up for a class. We let them know, hey, look, we're actually teaching. You know, you, you're actually going to learn something in our training course. I guarantee you're going to learn something for the investment of the resources that, you know, p- students put in all the time, the effort, the energy, the tuition, all of that. You know, so uh, we do have once in a while those students that just want to check the box. Mm-hmm. They say, hey, look, I don't want to have training. I just want to get that permit thing. And it's like, well, look, man, in our class, they're, they're going to learn something still, you know. And so if they're looking for that cheap way out, I mean, uh, there's, there's really, it's really a shame that, you know, some people are just closed and shut off to learning and, uh, you know, it's, it's occasional. We don't really get that too often, but once in a while we do get that. And we just tell them, look, man, if you're having to sit in an eight hour class, at least come into a class where you're going to learn something. You know? Yeah. So I think my response to it is usually, uh, we are going to cover, and this is a, uh, just basically page seven of our our Nevada Sheriff's and Chiefs Association's application. It states on there all the things that they want us to cover. We let them know we're going to cover that, but we're also going to include into that more advanced training that maybe you wouldn't get in that, uh, you know, run-of-the-mill class that doesn't really teach anything extra. They're also going to get uh, more uh, one-on-one with us on the range when they are doing their qualifying because they have to show proficiency with a handgun here. Uh, we're going to let them know, hey, by the way, this is the the fundamentals of shooting that handgun. Uh, this is going to, uh, you know, make you a better shooter. Maybe you came in here with some training scars from other training that you've taken in the past, and maybe you haven't realized that evolution happens, and here's some changes that are going to actually make you safer and the people that you love safer when maybe you're forced uh, to use a firearm to, to defend yourself or other people you never know when that might happen. And if you haven't taken any new training uh, that uh, is going to help you evolve and then understanding all of the extra things 
that are involved with a CCW class. You know, I like to talk about the survival triangle. Um, I, you know, Dr. Alexis Hartwell, she talks about the survival triangle. Um, you can find that video on CCW Safe. Um, she talks about that physical survival. And then students, when they come in with, with old, old world theories that, oh, this is what's going to happen, or, or if I have a shotgun and go, they're not going to come in because they heard that, you know, uh, you know, audible exclusion is a thing. It can happen. Maybe they didn't hear it, you know, mm -hmm. things like that. But, you know, surviving that fight, we talk about that in the class and uh, helping people develop a sense of mastering confidence in their abilities to apply uh, relevant skills to defend themselves and other people. And then that psychological survival and understanding that, you know, uh, what, where do I go from there? You know, because if you are a right-minded person, if you don't have a chemical imbalance, the psychological aspects of having to take a life or injure someone or, or you have had to be put in that position to defend yourself or other people, and it's just that, that mind-blowing experience, uh, that can really tax the mind. It can generally, I, I tell them, I said, it mortgages your brain. They're renting mm -hmm. space in your head, and that, that could potentially cost a lot of money. And so we talk about CCW safe and why they should have a legal service and all that encompassing, you know, to be able to defend themselves and, you know, to, to have a, an organization like CCW safe to help them through that. So it's more about getting a rubber stamp and saving 25 bucks on a background check when you go buy a new gun. Uh, Cause we get police officers that will come and take a, a class and they're like, well, I just, I'm just getting it because of that. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. But um, <laughs> here's some more information for you. And by the end of the class, they're like, wow, that was a whole lot more than I thought I was going to get. And you know what? Now I'm really glad that uh, I took this class and not the free class or the cheap class where I wanted to just get it out of the way. Or I've even had people who come and take the class who, who tell me I'm not even going to conceal carry. I just wanted to come and get the, the card because it kind of gives me that peace of mind that if I did decide to conceal carry that I could if I wanted to. And, um, you know, there's that, that, that false sense of security because they have a CCW or, you know, um, that it's just that whole mindset. And it's really about the physical that, that mm -hmm. needs to be applied. And we, we kind of, kind of drill that and take that home, you know, take it to home when they're, when they're in the classroom. It's kind of like being in church in our classroom. Sometimes we're just like, Hey, you know, you got to think beyond your own face and understand the ramifications of, of, uh, the people in public spaces depend on you to do a good job. Mm -hmm. And not exactly. injure them because they didn't do nothing. And you're, you know, trying to defend yourself. And if, you're, if you don't have it together, then uh, stuff's going to fall apart. I, one of the things yeah. I go, I teach a lot of NRA and USCCA instructors throughout the year. Yeah. And they're obviously going to be going out and teaching concealed carry classes. I always remind them that, you know, when it comes to this ethical dilemma about whether you give somebody a certificate or not and everything, yeah. think about it this way. If that person's standing behind your family in the checkout line at Walmart, are you going to yeah. go along, close your eyes and, and it's like, don't do what you just did on the range. Or are you going to go along? Wow. I'm really glad they're, they're there because I know my family is going to be protected by that person. And if you can't say yeah. the second one, then you really should be going along, taking that person aside and saying, Hey, you know, I'm not going to give you a certificate today. You know, come back tomorrow or next week, whenever the next class is, you need to work on these kind of skills because I'm, I'm seeing you could be a danger to yourself and other people out there because as, as firearm instructors out there, we're one of those gatekeepers of making sure the people that are getting certified are deserving to be certified because they're safe and they're competent and being able to handle a firearm. 
You bet. Uh, you know, we do all, you know, Maggie runs uh, a lot of the uh, NRA instructor courses. You know, we're running some of the USCCA mm-hmm. instructor courses as well. And yeah, it's a big, huge, uh, it's a huge responsibility, you know, uh, uh, making sure that, you know, instructors are squared away and they understand that, well, this is a great way to start, you know, if they're going to start a business and all of that. Uh, but there's definitely a lot more that they need to learn and understand. That's that vetting process. Yeah. So that they could really know. Uh, I mean, the way we look at it is that instructors should have a lot more knowledge, a lot deeper knowledge of their students. Mm-hmm. Because if their students start asking the why questions and really getting deep into the why questions, you know, instructors need to really be prepared with a lot of information based on science and physics and empirical evidence and all of that. You know, and so that's where, you know, we really want to just encourage instructors to just continue to grow and, and continue to take training. Yeah. Everything that I learned 15 years ago when I got my concealed carry permit, yeah. um, guns still go bang. But guess what? There's been so much that's changed since then between, you know, single action, double action, external safety, strikers, all those types of things, which in today's world, we go, oh, you know, I mean, striker fire, that's what everybody carries. Right. What happens going to, what's going to happen in the next five to, you know, 10 years? I'll bet you we'll be looking back and saying the same thing to where it's like, yeah, you know, Glock 19 striker fire. Yeah. That's so old school. Well, guess what? I mean, that's why we look at revolvers now. And at some point we were looking at double action revolvers saying, Oh, isn't this really cool? And then they've evolved into something different and all that's going to be happening. I've got a very, I got a very interesting uh, question that we'll close the, close the uh, interview down with. We've talked about people that monopolize, interrupt and do things like that. How do you engage a student that is just the wallflower, not saying anything, just sitting there and, hopefully absorbing things, but you don't know for sure. Yeah. So what I'll do is I'll usually, uh, you know, kind of read my students and see how they're uh, uh, understanding things. I'll ask them specifically questions or I'll even have them uh, come up and help me with something during a break and maybe take them aside and ask any questions. If there's a language barrier, I want to know what's that language barrier, because if it's a language that I speak, because I am fluent in Spanish, you know, I'll ask them, you know, are there some questions that you might have, Um, you know, because I I'm seeing that maybe you you have this puzzled look on your face, you know, things like that. So definitely something somebody's just trying to kind of float through that we can kind of tell when once we get them on the range, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, maybe they don't understand something. And that's probably where we, we get more of the hands on. Uh, because yeah. people do learn very differently. You know, there's those visual learners, those physical learners, those audible learners, um, and then the people who need a little bit of uh, translation. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, like we said before, they deserve to know how to defend themselves just like any, anybody else. And, you know, as I remind people all along, we all came here somehow. I mean, our parents, parents, parents might have came over here a hundred years ago or could have been, yeah. you know, five years ago. But guess what? Our, you know, we weren't necessarily born here, um, you know, our ancestors a thousand years ago. And that's what we need to keep in mind when it comes to, uh, you know, who we train, and how we train them. You know, everybody deserves it. Exactly. You bet. You know, well, Ken and Maggie, um, thank you for your time today. This has been a really good um topic for us to talk about uh listener suggested so that was uh, one, one of the fun things to talk about can you tell our listeners where they might be able to find more information about you and the training that you're doing 
You bet. Um, one of them is um, intuitivedefensiveshooting.com. That's where you're going to find like some of the IDS instructors. Us uh, here locally in Las Vegas and Henderson, uh, hpptraining.com. That's where all of our training schedule is. Um, and so we're training a lot of different training classes here. I think we have courses all the way through uh, November, December at this point. So now, again, weather's getting really great. So we have a lot more of those outdoor training uh, opportunities available uh, as well as uh, social media. Yeah, all over social media, we're, we're posting classes. Uh, you can actually go to Bass Pro Shops Las Vegas. We have classes there. Uh, you can also go to ccwmaggie.com. And uh, yeah, we're kind of smothered and covered all over social media, that's for sure. And uh, yeah, to learn more about us, uh, you can uh, look us up on the internet. We're definitely all over the internet as well. Uh, you can reach out to us via our phone numbers, email addresses, and websites. Perfect. And I really appreciate your time today. Oh, yeah. And you can find Glory and uh, Tora at oh, CCW yeah. Glory. That's our Malinois. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and again, yeah. the, uh, the social media links, uh, HPP Training, CCW Maggie, all the above. So yeah, thanks a lot for having us on, Rob. Appreciate it. Thanks. I will definitely include those links into the uh, show notes for everybody so they, that uh, Glory can start getting more. Uh, yeah. followers on Facebook and everything else like that. I'm sure she'll uh, be, be enthused about that. Yeah, They'll, yeah. they'll jump for joy. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. We'll see the pictures on Facebook. That's right. Well, that's a wrap for this episode, and we have a few requests for our loyal listeners. If you have any input, questions, or feedback, email us at ftp at concealedcarry.com. Follow us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We are also all out there, too, just like Maggie and Ken are. Please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and Google Play. Visit our sponsors, especially the Firearms Trainers Association at ftaprotect.com and check out their instructor insurance. Remember, being a responsible instructor means you will have coverage for yourself as well as your students. Remember to use promo code FTP10 for 10% off at checkout. Check out the other concealed carry podcasts that are, that are out there, the Not Your Average Gun Girl and the ConcealedCarry.com podcast. And if you have any ideas for our future episodes, send us those ideas either on our website, firearmtrainerpodcast.com, or through the email address. Remember, we bring you this podcast to support the industry, the Second Amendment, and most importantly, every firearm instructor in America that dedicates time and energy into making gun owners more knowledgeable. Stay safe. Concealed Carry Inc. and ConcealedCarry.com strives to share helpful information and education about gun-related topics, training tips, and other things that may potentially have legal implications for its listeners. The information contained in this podcast is intended in good faith, but it is important to understand that laws vary from place to place, and we encourage listeners to seek local legal advice to understand laws that apply to them. Nothing in this podcast should be misconstrued as legal advice or counsel.